You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. Hope y'all enjoy. Happy whatever day it is. How y'all doing? How you feeling, Lex? How you doing? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. Good. Thanks, everybody, for listening in, joining us on the couch. Um, man, so everybody's been staying at home, clearly, <laughs> except for Carly, as you can see. Um, and we hope that everybody is doing well, that you mm-hmm. are taking care of yourself still. Definitely sending y'all love. Um, only here because, man, when we tried to social distance podcast, technology was not our friend and was not, you know what I'm saying, trying to let us have it. So we're here. Well, I'm here. She been we put her through an intense outbreak uh, situation when she came through, sprayed her down. Um, she has been sanitized, so all good. Don't worry about it. Hopefully, she will be okay. Hopefully, I will be okay. Hopefully, y'all are <laughs> damn. Hopefully, y'all are staying at home, staying safe. Um, and if you are an essential worker for whatever, hopefully, you're sanitizing when you get home and taking care of yourself. Yeah. And so today, we want to talk about a topic that um, we have both dealt with fairly recently, and probably more people than. Um, I know for sure have dealt with it and that's dealing with a friend who's suicidal and when they're suicidal or people that you know have those thoughts and deal with that um, in their lives. Um, so first of all, then for anybody, if you are ever feeling suicidal or if you have a friend who is, it's important to know what the suicide hotline is, which is 1-800-273-8255. Um, that's who you should call if you do need somebody to talk to or if you do need somebody to call and can't think of a friend or want somebody else um, who will walk you through the things that um, will suggest to you to help somebody else with if they call you. So throwing that out there, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, there are resources mm-hmm, readily yeah. available, so please call. Um, and then Google will probably lead you to a few more resources and call centers. Um, I have a friend who volunteers her time and did a training so that she can be um um, like a responder to mm. people who are, you know, going through things or having those thoughts. So there are definitely resources out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk from our experiences of how we've dealt with the situation in the past and then what we've learned from it. Um, and hopefully you can gain something, whether you've been in a similar situation, thinking about how you dealt with it, um, or if there may be a situation that comes up that you will be prepared um, maybe better than we were or similarly. So, uh, Carly, have you ever um, had a friend who was suicidal or been suicidal? I have. Mm-hmm. Um, one a while ago, um, and then one more recently, which is why I kind of wanted to talk about it, because when it happened, um, I didn't know what to do, and it kind of mm-hmm. like wrecked my whole day. Um, and so that's like when I brought it, brought it up to Lex, like as maybe something that, you know, I was going through it, but also maybe something that we could talk about um, and talk through because it completely blindsided me. Um, and then also recently I was talking to a friend and she, you know, has had a friend commit suicide since all of this pandemic stuff has actually mm-hmm. happened. Um, mm-hmm. Like someone who's like been in the house and like lost their job and things like that. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I think it's really important to have these discussions. Um, if you've ever been like, around it, adjacent, or known someone who was suicidal. How about you? Mm -hmm. Um, I recently, this year, had um, a friend who I believe attempted. um, They posted something up, like, on social media, basically saying, like, 
you know, a note and saying like they planned this for a while. Um, this is all the stuff that's been going on. Um, you know, basically it was like their kind of goodbyes, take cares to some people in just different groups in their life. Um, and then I had another one recently, I, probably a couple months ago now, um, somebody who called me while they were feeling that way and told me that they were feeling that way and then having to navigate that situation in that space. So those are the last two that have been uh, recent. And I want to say that I think those are the only two direct um, ones that I know of or like somebody who reached out to me or that I just saw, um, saw it like as it was kind of happening or, or that something was happening when it did. Um, so it's nothing that I had dealt with previously, not with like other people or friends um, that were really close to me. I was about to say, so these are th friends that are really close to you or people who are closer mm. to you? Uh, one I would say is very close to me. The other one I would just say I know enough and like we had previous conversations where I wasn't surprised, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I kind of like knew what was going on with them, but you know, not somebody like I call every day or talk to necessarily every day. Um, but other people is like you said, like it might've been like a friend of a friend or somebody just from association or because of, you know, a nearby school or, you know, something like that where you may feel, you know, still affected or, you know, um, maybe who they are, but you know, it's not, it wasn't like, that's somebody who was very close to me. Um, and that I had anything to do with the situation or feel like, there's something I could have said or, you know, that I actually talked to them. Yeah. I was about to say, it's been one person who was extremely close to me. Um, just, you know, that's been in my life for a long time. And then one, like you said, it's kind of like, I like, I know them, but I don't really know mm -hmm. them. Um, and then from a lot further away, like layers, like the first time I ever even heard about suicide, I was at my auntie's house and it was a lady down the street. We were like, mm -hmm. why is there an ambulance? And somebody's like, oh, she committed suicide. And I was like, what is that? Mm -hmm. and that was a whole discussion. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, person who's close to you mm -hmm. um if they were very close to you how did you find out that they were suicidal or learn about it um we've had enough discussions before kind of like you mentioned that like I think there's a difference in having suicidal thoughts like thoughts of suicide and then also being ready to commit the act like wanting mm -hmm. to do something and so like this friend that I had we've had discussions and it's you know like a mental health journey that they've been mm -hmm. on for a very long time so it does it didn't just pop out of nowhere it's not um, like a sudden like spark in a pen has been a lifelong journey for them. Um, and I found out like out like years later that they had already tried to commit suicide one time and they didn't succeed. Thank God. Um, but then this time they called um, after being in a psych ward. When I first heard about it, I felt kind of blindsided, like like they didn't reach out to me, but then that's selfish. Like they don't have to reach out to me, but like I felt like I could have been there, but I'm not a therapist and I don't know. And I would have had to Google the hotline, but I wanted to be there, but also is that my responsibility? So it was just all of these things. And it, to be honest, like it took me out for like a couple, like a day or two. Like I even mm -hmm. like called in to work and was like, Hey, you know, I can't teach my classes today. Like they're, I'm just processing um, mm -hmm. what they're going through. And it, yeah, it really, it really impacted me. Um, Do you feel like that's mostly because you feel like you're being like empathetic or like an empath as far as like taking in all that? Yeah. I, I think that that is probably the basis of a lot of the things that I go through mm -hmm. is like taking on other people's things, even when they don't ask me to, but that's just, you know, like mm -hmm. how, how I feel them. Um, but also because it's someone that I, you know, really care about. And it's like, even though I know it's a struggle for them, like, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't really know. What was the purpose of their convo calling you at that point? Like, what were they wanting to do? Um, Just to talk, uh, I guess, to talk, like, to me about the things they've been mm -hmm. going through and to check mm -hmm. in and 
to have that whole discussion um, about like where they are and what was going on just because I didn't know. And had they attempted or you were saying they were just had checked themselves in to be watched? You know, it sounded like an attempt was going to be mm-hmm. made. And so they, they checked themselves in okay. like, you know, they had enough wherewithal to be like, eh, let me just go do this. But then it sounds like they did call you before they did anything then. Like they took care of themselves and, yeah, then, and then called and then reached out to you before anything was happening. That's true. Um, you know, and an immediate if their first response, you know, was mm-hmm. like, let me them get somewhere safe. Um, I think that's probably a good thing. And, you know, that shows some level of awareness there. Mm-hmm. Um, with my experience with my close friend, they uh, called me and said that they they wanted to commit suicide and that they felt like they wanted to harm themselves. And I didn't. I don't remember feeling like angry or sad or anything like that, but I felt nervous and I felt um, like nervous, like, oh, shoot, like this is all about to weigh on me type thing. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking immediately, like, dang, what's all the info like I've ever learned from like a commercial or something (laughs) like a flyer? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know there's certain things you should not say. Like, what was that? And I I remembered immediately. It's like, okay, don't don't tell them it's going to be okay and don't say certain things. Um, And this was a text conversation mm. and so um you know I I just felt like all right I was I had enough space bit with it being text to think enough before I said anything and I really made sure like what I was saying um made sense um and so when you're like you're so I'm glad you had that pause and you were able to do that so how did you like continue to navigate through that um I was actually really proud of myself because I was like man all right I I thought about the fact like if this person reached out to me, then they reached out to me knowing like that they don't want to do this thing mm-hmm. and be that I'm a person who, uh, you know, they're just kind of trusting with that information, like kind of at a vulnerable time and that they probably don't want to let me down or um, oh. not and not to put all that like on them like, oh, man, like with my ego necessarily. But I, I'm like, all right, you know, I think that they. They hit me because they respect that they they wouldn't want to hurt me with that. Mm-hmm. And so how I navigated through it was really just keeping them present. Like, I just asked a lot of questions, which I do anyway. And my friends always make fun of me. Like, shout out Kyle. <laughs> making fun of me all the time because I always ask just weird questions. But um, in texting, you know, this person was saying, hey, I think I'm going to go to the hospital. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, like how far is it? Oh, you know, it's, it's like six miles away. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and head there now. Okay, cool. Let me know hit me when you get there. And like, you know, knowing that how much time it was going to be, hey, you know, are you there? What's it looking like? Yeah, there's a few people over here. I was like, oh, what do you do while you're there? Like, what do you, you know, do you just wait or do you talk to people? And I just really just asked a lot of questions because I felt like, because he was answering. So if it was like a pause, then I would try something else or maybe call him or Mm -hmm. whatever. But um, because they were answering and because um, I could tell that it was just like keeping them present. I was like, oh, you know, He's like, oh, there's this magazine, I'm going to read this. I'm like, okay, well, have you talked to people yet? No, I haven't talked to them yet. They're still waiting, this and that, this and that, this and that. Um, And so just talking about it and, like, just talking through it um, got to the point where I think they were like, yeah, all right, I think I'm good now. Because he he was like, yeah, they just let you chill here until you feel okay or whatever. They talk to you and stuff. Um, And then when you're just kind of decompressed or feeling better, whatever. I don't know if that's true or not, but, like, that's what they said. So um, I was like, oh, okay. Well, he said, you know, I'm going to go home. It's like, okay, cool. Let me know when you get back. And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good now. So, like, yeah, I'm going home. I got back. And okay. And then I didn't necessarily feel afraid that anything else was going to happen. Um, and from that point, I also told a couple other 
immediate friends just so they would know and be observant or check mm-hmm. in if they want to or yeah. to say hey what's up or whatever um and yeah and and then you know checking in like a few days later and you know just continues to kind of check in like hey how you feeling today how you doing um you know you could tell it's one of those things like you said that they were familiar with you know how how you know their mind is and things that they've been dealing with and mm-hmm. and because of past combos as a close friend like I knew about that as well so you know I knew it wasn't necessarily like a some huge thing that may have just happened, but you know, it could just be like just in your thoughts type thing. Um, and so that's, that's really how we navigated through it is just talking, talking, talking um, until, you know, they kind of were telling me that, you know, I'm, I feel okay now. I love um, that you were able to be present and ask questions, you know, and that's who you normally are. So it's like not out of character and it, you know, probably very much. <laughs> what? I was going to say, I ask a lot of questions. I think not to go into my own little bubble, but <laughs> I think I actually ask a lot of questions because that's my uh, helpful way for me to disassociate and let other people just talk so oh. I don't have to like talk that much. Hmm. Um, but in this case, I definitely was intentional, so not to take away from it. I love how, um, you know, you were bringing them back to the present. And so, like, when I said I was blindsided on the phone, the person wouldn't have been able to tell that I was mm-hmm. blindsided. Like, I very much was present and asking questions and you know, just holding space like I normally do. Um, but it's like after that it wrecked me and just like completely, like I lost it. Especially when I was talking to my therapist, I realized that I did, that I wasn't okay. Like I mm-hmm. thought I was good. Like, oh, this is a thing that happened. I'm good. And then I realized when I went to my therapist that I was like, oh, I'm not good because I broke the mm-hmm. fuck down. Um, and so I, I, I'm really happy to, first of all, hear that everybody's okay. That we're, you know, that had these thoughts. Um, it's not uncommon for people to sometimes think about suicide. Um, and so don't feel like, oh man, I've thought about it before. I'm this or I'm that. Like it's not uncommon for people too, but I think it is important to discuss like maybe ways to hold space or to keep those people present or just to be there for them without like trying to fix anything, without doing anything in a way that um, is productive for everybody involved. So I'm, I'm excited to get to some of these tips so that, mm-hmm. you know, if this happens again, um, you know, to me, which hopefully it doesn't, but if it does, that I'll feel more prepared. Yeah, I think that afterwards I was just more inspired to um, to really, like, look into some things myself and just kind of just check in with, all right, what are those things you should do? And just uh, bringing me back to uh, the point that, like, this is a real thing for some people who are close to me, so just kind of, mm-hmm. like, to pay attention, I think. Um, but one of the first thoughts when, and these tips are like dealing with somebody uh, who's suicidal, like perhaps like in the moment or they're, if they're kind of mentioning something or if, mm-hmm. or if they're literally like there and maybe talking to you. Um, but one of the first things that I kept seeing was that you should confirm those suicidal thoughts um, and ask them. Like, so if somebody's hitting you on some like, man, like I am really feeling good right now or, you know, man, it just seems like life isn't really worth it, things like that. Um, you know, they say you can ask, like you should ask people like, hey, are you having thoughts of suicide right now? And a lot of people are scared to bring that up because they think that might give you an idea or mm-hmm. increase the chance. They're like, man, I should do that right now. But um, the studies show that instead of increasing the thought, what it does is kind of bring them back to um, realities of present more thinking about like, you know, oh, do I even have the stuff on me to do this? Like, who would it impact if I did this? And kind of just actually thinking about those things and also losing momentum from whatever thoughts they were having. Um, mm-hmm. But if you ask them if they're feeling like that and um, if they have 
the things around, like how would you do it? What do you do you have that around you? Um, it's really not to give them any ideas. What it does is it helps you understand what the situation is too. Um, yeah. because there's a difference between, you know, that imminent risk, which you should be trying to figure out is this something that's happening right now and a risk like they have something on them right now versus them dealing with thoughts, in which case you may be able to speak with them, get to them, whatever it may be. Um, so that if you find it's an imminent risk, then you need to call nine one one or call somebody or get help. And otherwise, um, you can kind of continue with the other tips just to uh, continue to talk to them and be there for them and show them support. Um, I love the questions because it helps with the risk assessment. So figuring out like if you do need to call 911, um, talking to them, but also making sure that you are like being yourself um, and mm-hmm. that you're very conscious with your words. Like I said, I like that Alexia asks questions because that's kind of who she is. And it's a mm-hmm. way to carry on a conversation that might not make them feel like, wait, she's trying to do something or are you like trying to talk me out of it? No, she's just being herself. Um, and so finding a way to be yourself whenever you are talking to them and maybe asking questions and trying to keep them present, um, which will help, you know, continue to reduce that momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know how you can sound different, like when you're concerned and that comes across mm-hmm. like authoritative or like a mom or something like that. Um, you may not necessarily want to do that, but just trying to maintain like the relationship that you do have. Um, you want to avoid being judgmental or dismissive of anything that they're saying. Um, and you may feel upset or you may be feeling different emotions, but it's important that um, you don't add to the weight that they're feeling at that time. Mm-hmm. Making sure that you are you know, sympathetic, non-judgmental, very patient and calm, like giving them that space to have whatever conversations and to release whatever they need to without like pushing them too much um, and being very accepting of where they are and what's happening because people get like, they feel your energy. Like she said, you kind of know if someone's concerned, but you also know if they're really anxious or nervous or upset or whatever. And you don't want them to start mirroring those emotions for themselves because that might, that could increase, you know, what they're doing or change things. You just kind of want to give them a calm space to be where they are. And if you're asking them questions or letting them speak, um, then you're supposed to listen. And it's not for you to try to solve things at that point. They may go into what they're feeling. They may go into um, taking the blame for something or other people, like what they've done to them or how they've been wronged, anything like that. Um, But at that point, it's not necessarily on you to solve the situation for them, just letting them talk, just to even vent. Because sometimes when we vent, you know, it's then either A, like we just feel better for getting it off our chest Or B, we realize, you know, something about that, that, oh, maybe, you know, whether that shouldn't impact me in that way or whatever it may be, like sometimes just speaking it um, is a relief in whatever way. So just let them talk and you don't have to try to figure it all out at that moment. And I think that's the one of the biggest things for me and one of the biggest takeaways is like, don't fall into that codependency. Like you have to save everybody. Like just just be there. That is important enough. That is enough holding that space, um, being informed, but also making sure that you're taking care of yourself as well. Um, and that if you do need to decompress or talk to somebody, talk to a professional, talk to you know a friend. Like I have a friend who volunteers with one of these hotlines. Like talking to her about how I felt was very helpful for me. And she like walked me through ways that you know they train them to process their emotions whenever mm-hmm. they are holding space for people all day. So just making sure that you are taking care of yourself on the back end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about how you had to talk about it in therapy and that you had to decompress for a couple of days um, with. The friend who, like, called me, like I said, I just kind of checked in with other friends as well, and then we Mm -hmm. just kind of kept checking in. Um, 
But I did feel like it was, you know, it was kind of heavy. I mean, like, man, I need to just tell somebody else um, just because it felt like a lot of pressure, I think, more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think I necessarily took it on with the other one where it was more sudden and I just saw it as it was happening. Like, I saw them put up um, their, like, goodbyes and... I didn't reach out to them because every a zillion people were reaching out to them because it was one of those social media things. So it's one mm-hmm. of those, I'll pay attention to what's happening. Um, and I could saw, see at some point somebody was like, okay, they've been taken somewhere and that they're fine. And since then, like all their social is gone and all of that. Um, and I, even with that, like I had to tell somebody, somebody who knew them but like doesn't know them as close. But, um, you know, I just think it's so interesting because even with your friends, like you said, you may know, you know, if they're dealing with certain things at the same time, um, that was also a person who, you know, has been a guest on podcasts and who has, um, you know, made millions in business and starting businesses mm-hmm. and, you know, very young and still going through the same types of things and very successful and always talking about like not giving up and, you know, like pushing through and all these things. And yet, you know, something like that can happen to that person as well. And so um, I think it's important to pay attention to your friends and, um, check in with them, just see how they're holding up. And, um, you know, if they answer you and you feel like there's something going on and they don't um, answer you in the way that you think is letting you in, then I think maybe that's not really for you to push necessarily. But um, all we can do is be there for them and then respond in the right ways, I believe, when we do see different, um, you know, things that might tip you off that, hey, do you need to talk right now? I think that that's really important is listening and just being there, like making yourself available. Um, Also realizing that there is such a stigma around even talking about suicide and having thoughts and people thinking that, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy or they're going to try to lock me up. So it's, you know, really building that trust with people. Um, And also, if you are having those thoughts, like not beating yourself up about it, just making sure that you're reaching out, you know, to these hotlines, to these call-in numbers, to friends who you can trust, like where you can maybe like talk about those things and think through them. Just making sure that you don't that you know that you don't have to deal with it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say watch how you talk about things. Also, um, even if it's not in that circumstance, because one mm-hmm. of that very same friend before, uh, maybe like a year or two before, um, I remember they had said something to me about. Um, they're like, yeah, one time I mentioned um, feeling depressed or mentioned something, and I feel like you you like switched the subject real quick or you did something else, and mm-hmm. it made me think like, oh, I, sh- I don't, you know, you're not the person to talk to about that. And I was like, huh? I was like, I just don't even remember that. So maybe I probably just didn't hear you or didn't know what you're talking about. Um, I think maybe they said that because I was talking about something with myself at the time. And they were like, oh, I didn't know, like, whatever you were dealing with. And I was like, yeah, like, you could talk to me about that whenever. I just may not have been aware. And if you were trying to, like, slip a little something in there, it may have just went over my head. Um, But but making sure that even with your friends, especially your close ones, that um, you're not saying things or doing things that would make them feel like you would be judgy or unapproachable about a thing mm-hmm. like that. Yep. So taking time to get educated and also being very intentional with your words and how you approach situations and other things. Yep. And before we go, we're going to give you um, the hotline again is 1-800-273-8255. And our question for the week, this week for you guys, um, think about which one you are. When things break, do you prefer to fix them or replace them? Oh, I like that. Um, typically, I fix things. Typically, I fix things and unless they're irreparable. Um, hello. 
Yep. Typically, I fix things. Um, I like the challenge of solving problems and fixing things and sometimes making them even better than they were before. Mm -hmm. um, but at a certain point, you have to realize when things are irreparable and let that shit go. Yep. I agree. Um, I have a preference to replace things. If something's broken, it gives me a chance to get something fresh and new and different. Um, and then I tend to move along to something else instead of spending time to recreate something that was there. I like that. So for y'all, do y'all tend to fix things or to replace them? Hit us up this week if you have any questions about the episode, if there's anything, other tips or advice that you may have that you think we may have missed, or um, if there's anything that you want to share from your own experiences. We look forward to seeing you next week.